so yes you can change but the you that exists is always evolving there is no set you that is not another you like there's no it's almost like a lotus you're constantly opening but it's still that oneness of you or that wholeness of you there and you're going to learn from yourself and you're going to grow and you're going to take some good and you're going to take some bad the best thing to always try to remember and i guess that's what i learned it's always best to remember that it's for your betterment whatever that might mean to you but it's for your betterment because it's going to be fun and it's not going to be fun mm-hmm. and so yes i do think you can change for the good and for the not so good hello i'm craig constantine Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and why they do it. This is episode number 95, Howard Cosmo Palmer, Mindfulness, Intention, and Cosmonauts. Against all odds, Howard Cosmo Palmer survived serious heart problems in his childhood to become a healthy, active athlete into his 40s. He describes his childhood health journey and its effects on his life. Cosmo discusses his thoughts on changing your habits and his personal intentions in the world. He unpacks the meaning behind his nickname and connection to cosmonauts and shares his heroes and inspirations. Howard Cosmo Palmer is a self-care, meditation, and wellness advocate. Born in Jamaica and currently living in Colorado, Cosmo uses his mindfulness and meditation practices to balance his other responsibilities, engineering, parkour, and yoga. He is passionate about helping others improve their lives through intentional, peaceful daily actions. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 95. And I'll just mention that this is another one of the podcasts for which there's also a video recording. Take a look at that URL, moversmindset.com slash 95, where you can watch us as well as listen. Thanks for listening. As I said before, welcome, Cosmo. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Craig, and thank you for that introduction. Um, thank, it is thank. early, but not early for me. <laughs> not too early. Good. No. Sometimes it's, it's I have trouble wrapping my brain around. I'm like sleepy and I'm talking to somebody who's in you know Germany and she's been up for six hours. I'm like, my bad. But ter- <laughs> totally it's terrific to have you here. We've actually never really talked. I don't think we've ever spoken before, but you've been uh, a follower, um, a lot of our work on Instagram and I've seen you on a bunch of things. So it's a pleasure to finally get a chance to like, you know, put a persona to the, the virtual person that I've only barely The pleasure known. is all mine. I'm, I'm nervous, you know, I'm, oh, don't I'm be nervous. Don't be nervous. Um, no, man, I look up to your work indeed. And just oh, thank the you. community that you support and even your team, you guys do fantastic work. It's, um, team. it's definitely in lines with the meditation that I've practiced in life. So I just love to see different examples of it, but in a much greater format. You know? mm. like that's how I look at it. I, I appreciate your compliments. I don't. I don't think it's a very great format. I think we struggle, but yeah, you were definitely right about the team. Well, you did um, change us some things, like you said. You know, where people were thinking before it was, uh, you guys were this group yeah. instead of like a forum. And yeah. so now that you have the forum space and you kind of put that up front, and that's what you're using as the conversation piece. I think that's. I think that's great. And yeah. I'm not. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Thank so. you. Hey, yeah, welcome. Yeah, I like to start. It's a fun place to start that I like is to ask everybody. If you think back to your childhood, what role did movement play as you were growing up? Hmm. Well, little fun story about me is that um, I had a bad heart growing up when I was born. 
actually four days old into my birth, I was diagnosed with a bad heart pain and ductus aorta and had to have open heart surgery. And long story short, I had to end up having two open heart surgeries. And from both, I was the first one I diagnosed, I was diagnosed uh, as dead because uh, a four day old baby with an open heart surgery, they had to go from his back. And it's in Jamaica in the 80s. And um, unfortunately, my mother wasn't financially capable or stable at the time. So she had to go to a university where they did it for free. So she had to sign a waiver to agree that if these children and this one doctor, um, whose name was Howard, he saved my life, was to do the work. And unfortunately, I spent the next five years of my life in the hospital. My mother moved to the US with my father and I didn't meet her again until I was six, going on to seven, when she came back for myself and my sister. What movement has a big play in that in my life is that they really thought that I was not going to move. I caught a stroke in between that space of one and five years old. So the whole left side of my body wasn't functional. And they, you know, they worked me again. This is in the 80s in Jamaica. So if you are familiar with what science was doing then or medicine, there was a lot of antibiotics and a lot, a lot of work with the, bi- the body. Back in the 70s, you had that show, The Bionic Man. So right. that concept was already there. So a baby with my blue baby syndrome was the uh, diagnosis. It's a one in uh, two in 10 chance that the, the, the child lives. And there's like a one in 10 chance that they live healthy. So I'm that one in 10. And it became a, um, a big example for, I guess, my family who then came back and I was living with my grandmother at the time. But they wanted me to move. I grew up on a chicken farm. Like we had goats and chickens and there was no television. I watched TV one day a week on Sunday and it was Thundercats and all that good stuff. But outside of that, it was just, I'm in the yard. So movement was something that I conceptualized as my freedom to getting better. Because when I was four, um, still in the hospital, I started functioning on my own, started using the bathroom on my own, started lifting my left hand on my own. And to them, um, Jamaica is very big on religion, especially Christianity and the church and God. And so they um, kind of coined me as this miracle baby. And they used my examples of how I was moving to kind of learn for other children that happened that happened like me. So um, movement to me personally was a, a, a way to live and or to be free from that past or those possibilities, because if I died, then you know, I'm a better version now. So um, I keep using air quotes, I'm sorry. Fine. So the <laughs> movement became that. It became my, my, my way to free myself. And as I progressed, and the doctor said, I was born Sanjo, and then my mother changed it to Howard. So Howard Spencer, the doctor, he said that um, it's very important for me to not be excessive on either spectrum. I can't be super athletic, and I can't be a Sanjo. overweight person. Right. I have to find a space. So honestly, in that way, even consciousness became an important aspect of my life early. I had to know I've already I was already feeling my body. Mm. So the awareness of it was there. What but was I aware of it? You know, did I become did I recognize it? And I did in many spaces. And as I grew into who I believe I am now, that's movement is everything to me. And it's different types of movement. It's it's an expression. I look at it like art and it's, it's, it's a lot of physical representation, but it, it comes from inside. It's like emotion, like energy and motion. So it's very important to me. Very important. Do you, 
remember, I'm wondering how, like, how good your memories would be back this far. Do you remember what it was like to transition from living in the hospital to, to I, I'm presuming going straight to your grandmother's? Like, I, what was, like, did you go visit there in short periods or did they just like, okay, one day you're in and next day you're out? Like, do you remember what that transition was like? Well, fortunately and unfortunately, I believe I have something called photographic memory, right? I can visualize stuff. So there is space in my mind to remember when I was actually in the crib, in the hospital, living there. And I had a best friend who unfortunately passed around the same age when we were there in the hospital. And I do remember living on the farm. I never, I don't remember seeing my grandparents because my mother left at like um, age one, you know, just before, if not then, before that. So I do remember the nurses and the doctors, but I don't remember going from there to here other than there was a space and time when while I was in the hospital and coming out of the whole stroke and not being able to move, they would allow you to, uh, the babies to, you know, uh, move around and crawl around. Somehow, some way, I was not, someone missed me and I ended up crawling up outside. Again, this is Jamaica. We have very small buildings. You know, it's not like a high rise or anything right. like that. It's almost like someone's home, if anything. And I end up crawling out outside into the main street. Luckily, I was saved. Obviously, I'm here. But I do remember that. I do remember that vividly. And obviously, it's probably traumatic. So that's why it's like stuck in there somewhere. <laughs> but I remember spaces like that. And I even remember a space when um, they were working on me after a after a, after an operation. And I had to sleep on my stomach because the scars on my back. And um, I woke up. I woke up doing this whether it was an operation or some kind of surgical treatment procedure. And I remember the nurse looking at the doctor. Again, I can't remember words because I was a child. Maybe I was still three to four, but I do remember that space as well. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember growing up on the farm and jumping the fence and being chased by the chicken. There's this whole thing in my um, family about me always getting chased by the chicken. And it's just... (laughs) You know, it's it, it was great times, Craig. Like, I, I don't want to, I just remember it so much because fortunately, I keep using that word, I apologize. I, tr- trauma has been a um, forefront of my life. And so I've allowed, to, allowed it to help me get better through the spaces that I can control. That's it. Just do my best at it. Hmm. So do you think that, I've always wondered how much people can change themselves. So I was, I would say, average active when I was a kid. And I got into playing uh, American soccer football for a while. And mm-hmm. I, I was, I was always felt to me as I was growing up that like I was trying to force myself to be active. Like looking back, I realized like, well, look at all these things I was trying to do to try and become more active. But I don't ever feel like I was drawn to it. And it, it sounds to me like, because like in, in times of depression or times of great stress, I tend not to default to activity. I default to more sedentary activities. And I'm, I'm just wondering, sounds like you're, despite all of the challenges that you face, your like default setting is to be active. And I'm, I'm wondering how much do you think people can change that? If you agree that there's some sort of set point like that, how much do you think people can change it? So if somebody is, you know, wants to really become great at parkour, but they find themselves starting from where I am, like, do you think people can completely change who they are? Mm. What you are is what you perceive. 
right? If we use the senses or the idea of self. So to answer that in that way, to change is only one deep ways based on your actions your, and your intentions behind it and then the habits that it creates. So you can be drinking a lot and then not drinking a lot and that's a change and that's a different you. And of, and of course, the chemical reactions are there and so you can claim to whoever that you're better now. So yes, you can change, but the you that exists is always evolving. There is no set you that is not another you like there's no, it's almost like a lotus. You're constantly opening, but it's still that oneness of you or that wholeness of you um, there. And you're going to learn from yourself and you're going to grow and you're going to take some good and you're going to take some bad. The best thing to always try to remember, and I guess that's what I learned. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I just remembered something when you asked no, me that fine. question and it brought a tear to my eye. It's always best to remember that it's for your betterment, whatever that might mean to you but it's for your betterment because it's going to be fun and it's not going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I do think you can change for the good and for the not so good. You, you mentioned uh, intention as you were talking just there. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering what your intentions are for yourself these days. Like what, what are the kinds of things that, you know, when you're, when you're really thinking about what do you want to do? Like, what are your intentions for, mm. for yourself? For myself is to be an example to the world that you can learn to love yourself through what we have as life and be whatever that means to you and then give back. I like the word legacy, but I don't like what um, I feel is associated with it, where it's this given thing you have to do more than it's a breath that you live every day of your life. And that becomes like your legacy, like something you're walking through, not like a, a stand. So my intention is always to, no matter what I'm doing, to be authentic and just to be honest with myself. And sometimes that honesty looks like, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. And I'm not even inter entertaining any conversations about it. And that's my honesty. And now it might come off aggressive because people like to share opinions, mm. but at the end of the day, I feel safer in that space. And that's what goes back to what I'm saying earlier about my authenticity and just going at it in joy. Like, um, it's very difficult to change your mind, much less to even convince yourself into things. We kind of do that through the idea of patterns or things around us or environment. We use the environment to help us choose. But there are times when it becomes the opposite, where the environment is allowing you to choose other. You're not, you can't assimilate. You have to de-assimilate. You have to go into Let another. Go yeah, yeah. And so my intention is that, to learn my space. I go by Cosmo and I'm wearing the suit because I'm so excited for this interview and this opportunity. <laughs> you have some great, great people on this platform. Like when I was introduced to Movers Mindset and you brought in people, I'll drop a name like Ryan, Ryan Ford. You know, people like him. Oh, yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> and even though, even the, the recent one I seen, I don't know if it is the recent one, but the lady, uh, the woman lady that does uh, Tantra as yeah. well as, yeah, you know, like you have so many examples of people that use movement or the concept of the body expressing itself through the mind that it frees them. It's a, it's a way to move. And we know through parkour and bell and, and be strong, be useful. I, I add a piece on the end of that is to be conscious. Because through it all, he was conscious. 
This is how he was able to develop these forms of movement and teach himself how to land softly. And then his son became conscious. There is a be strong, be useful. But outside of the human representation, we all learn through those connective senses. Mm. And it's, it's my intention to be an example of that. I've died twice. I've gone through some traumatic things. I still have a major disconnect with my, my parents. I use, you know, there's, there's still a lot developing there for me, but I'm also 40 years old. So I'm also looking at life like this is my, and I came up with this term the other day. It's a personal term. And I know the word has a negative association, but it's my death walk. It is my walk to the path that I know is coming. It's it, inevitability. And the best thing to do is be able to say, how much can I look back and enjoy what I see? Working in the hospital that I do now, I, I'm always around young and old. And that energy is, is given. You get to see the beginning as much as the end and sometimes the in-between when a person gets to live again. So having the past that I did and now in this space and time meeting you as I am and being in this environment back into it, it's really showing me the importance of how it how important it is to be the best version of yourself and live that example. But we also have to pay bills and stuff. So there's life that happens. Yeah, there's so. always that balance of the nuts and bolts. Uh, I, I like the metaphor of like it's an office building. There's things you got to do on the ground floor. You got to sort the mail. You oh. got to take out the trash. And there's things you do on the third floor, which is cook I the like meals. That. And then there's like the, sometimes you go all the way to the penthouse with the high ceilings and the big windows and you look down in the city and you're like, well, okay, what's the plan here? Um, I Adulting is hard, Craig. Adulting Absolutely. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying to find a clever way to misspell adulting in a hashtag. Like it, it should be like a self-referencing. Like I can't even. Spell. <laughs> like yeah. classic, I like that. I like know. that. There's some good I computer like jokes like that where I've seen like functions in computer programming yep. that are related to spelling and it's always spelled with one L. So like the function. And you get like, it. Fix under spelling. <laughs> You're like, well played. <laughs> I, I like yep. when things are self-aware enough to not take themselves too seriously. Um, and you yep. strike me as somebody who is not like one of my faults is that I tend to be a class clown. Like if you know, people give me a platform, I can really go. Um, but you yeah. someone who is very self-aware and able to, to laugh at oneself and like, a, Oh yeah, there's that, <laughs> there's that flaw. Okay. It's still there. Keep working. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, it was um, the examples that happened to me that allowed me to navigate through that and learn the inner workings. It's a journey. Yeah. There's nothing I can do other than accept it. There are, there's a lot of things that I want <laughs> that hasn't, you know, manifested or either is this not happening and it's physical as much as uh, mental, but it, there's some wins in between that. There's some really great wins that sometimes show up out of spaces that you didn't know. And at, what, what is it when preparation meets opportunity or something like that, yes. you know, and you ride that wave. Yeah. Here. And yeah, my here honesty, we here we are. Yeah, come on, Greg. Yeah, like, we've got the journey you, for the two of us to wind up here at you know nine fifty one, seven fifty one on a Thursday. Um, and to be men, and to be men in a society that right now, um, personally, our space needs to learn to balance with the feminine energy and the one within us. Like the feminine and masculine energy within within us needs to you know needs to now stand up, and we need to learn that with each other. And um, look at us now, man. We are. We are here for a, I don't know about the purpose thing, but we are here for our purpose because yeah. we brought ourselves here. Yeah. Yeah. 
non sequitur. I'm gonna. This is gonna seem random to anybody listening, but I don't ever get a chance to talk to people about astronomy. Mm. Like, let's talk. Let's let's go into the space thing. So, <laughs> why? What is it about Cosmo? Which I'm assuming comes from the idea of cosmonaut. What is it about? I'm gonna guess space exploration. You know, NASA and. Uh cosmonauts and like what is it about that that drew you to it and maybe you want to dive in by like what was the spark like what was because I, I have a lot of great stories related to stuff like that mm-hmm. but what was the spark that made you really turn on to astronomy nasa space exploration hmm. if it was one path it was back to earlier conversation about learning more about myself learning what my astrological sign was my rising sign my sun sign and my moon sign and then what that means to me as a universal body. So I didn't really follow daily astrology more than I dug deep in the concept of astrology. And I found a teaching called cosmic astrology. And what it speaks on is that if you think of astrology and the signs of sitting on a clock, mm-hmm. you want to go reverse on the clock. Right now we are going as a energy body, right? clockwise in a way that's very masculine in the energy given the result of the reality we perceive. So through the knowledge, it's to go the opposite way to introduce the feminine. And now when you look at concepts like when you flush the toilet or when water goes down in Australia versus the US or the UK, it turns a certain way, right? And we know that it's something going on the earth. So the earth is in space and it's moving. Okay. There's also other energy bodies within that, that makes that move. We're in a galaxy. So I've always think that it's important to keep that representation as much as I am here on earth, because it was easier for me to accept when I got bad things in life, that people aren't who they always perceive themselves to be. Like this racist thing that just happened to me is not because this person is that racist. It's maybe because they're hurt and, and it's okay. And maybe I can move past it. And maybe I can't. And next time I need to look out for it and be careful because it hurts me when that happens. So to me, that was always my higher way of thinking. I didn't have my father in life. I mentioned that. And he was very emotionally unavailable due to his past. Unfortunately, his father killed himself when he found out that his mother was pregnant with him Mm. because he had some psychological thing as being a law officer in Jamaica that if he can't provide, then he doesn't. And he was sick. Lots of reality and spaces happening there. So for me, the cosmonaut wasn't a... So the Russians were the first in orbital space. So that knowledge to me means, if, if anything, they were also the first to be the, space in the, to be the space within themselves, get internal. Because if you think about it, we have so much gravity. And when we jump, there's, it's scary. Whether you want to jump off of something or jump onto something, there's still a level of fear. To conceptualize orbital space where there is no gravity and balance, because it's also psychological, they talk about people can't stay in space too long because you'll get space madness. Like It also happens here on Earth, the space when you're not in your space, if you're not within your mind. So cosmonaut is more of a play like on to have a cosmic knot, to have a cosmic mind. To always have a reference or a betterment of self and people. Easier said than done. Not Mother Teresa or this guy or that guy. It's more, again, to save yourself. As a black man, it's very important to me to know how to save myself here and here and here. Like it's it's unfortunate, but it, it it is what it is. But it's in America. I'll speak there. That's where I live. So 
it's it's very important to understand that. I didn't understand that coming here. When I was six and seven, I didn't know what racism was. I didn't know what you can't have a friend was or this friend. In Jamaica, you have Asians, you have Indians, you have whites, you have, and we're all Jamaicans. Now, obviously, there's a difference like with Rastafarians and Christians and, and light skin and dark skin, but that's not a negative more than it's an obvious perception. Racism, to me, became something that was hurtful because I couldn't understand how I was at fault for that. So that's an example of a space that I grew up to live into and learn to deal with. I still had to find out who I was. How am I supposed to know if I like music or like this, like this instrument or all these other things if I'm constantly allowing my external environment to define me and not growing up with the example that nowadays we can use that if our parents is there to give us the influence and the love. My mother is very loving, but in contrast to my father, it's like night and day. So there's still a balance that I need to find for myself. I can't just be feeling that it's always great and I just need to be underneath my mommy's arms and, and everywhere I go, I try to conceptualize moms. No, and I can't think the other way either that that. So it's being able to learn and then keep learning and then understand that learning is a skill and to be cosmic about it. And strangely enough, I've always wanted to have people represent that but every time I come up with something, it seems to internalize or redirect back to me and people think I'm cosmonaut. My whole cosmonaut was in hopes that people saw themselves as cosmic and to be their own cosmonaut. But I'm just really good at something when I love it. <laughs> and I go in and I buy different color spacesuits and I do parkour and I pontificate and I meditate and I jump and I swim and I do yoga and I hope that it's a representation of a character more than it is like nowadays where you have a name so much associated with a star. So you have the Michaels, you have the this, and I don't like, I'm not a fan of that. I don't, I don't have idols. I have people in my life that I feel that use the best example of themselves. And I learn from that and I'm thankful for that. There's a lot of gratitude and appreciation for that, but I don't idolize nobody because I can't, I don't have space for that. Mm. So it's more important for me to be the best version of myself through examples, but looking up to someone is more so like in this moment, like I said earlier, I don't know if that was recorded, but I look up to you to creating this space because I didn't do it and not because of me. It has nothing to do with me. I'm in the space with you. You allowed me here. And when preparation meets opportunity, all you can do is be thankful. Mm. That's all you can do. And so how often does that happen when we're conditioned in school and life and expectations and relationships? Like those things are real and they have to happen if you want to live out here with the rest of us. But then you still have to find yourself. And we kind of condition through substance abuse and to find ourselves. That's why, you know, you get on some drugs and you're like, oh, yeah, I knew it. OK, you could have done that without that. If you <laughs> find some space happening in your actions, through your actions, and um, I want to be a representation for that. So I do that. And that's why Cosmonaut was created. And the spark of it was that, if, if I explain that, it was just being my better self and looking at my astrological body and how that is a universal representation of my everyday, because that's what astrology gives you. We're all the same signs. Everyone is the sign. It's just a sign that you were born on. They're called your sun sign represents the day you were born. And if you think of it, the day and time you were born, there's a snapshot of the 
universe or all the planets in their position. And between that, that is your cosmic self. And everyone has a different thumbprint of that because we're all born at different days and different times. Right. Now, obviously, you and I could have been born April 22nd at 8 o'clock on a Saturday, but not necessarily in the same hospital. And if it's in the same hospital, it's not in the same delivery room. You know, so it's also the same time and geographical representation is that. Yeah. So, and I think um, it's important for us to not get so caught in our ego and our self-emotion more than to understand that we represent a body that is um, bigger than ourself of ourselves. Mm. And then there's a conscious body we all share, like being able to know something that somebody else knew miles away, but you guys never spoke before. Like, how did that come together? Mm. How? How did that happen? You were mentioning talking about people that inspired you or that like in the sense of not so much a single person that you were following, but like different people at different times presenting something that was inspiring or maybe heroic, if I can put words in your mouth. And I'm wondering if there's a snapshot or a story, because I love to collect stories. Um, if there's a particular person that you can think of, and you're welcome to like scrub off the names if you don't want to say who it is, but if there's a particular person and an experience that you'd want to share of like, here's something that I experienced about someone that you found was inspiring or that you felt was heroic? Hmm. You know, you're right. There are different examples in my life because I moved and grew, I moved a lot growing up. And um, for the things that I experienced, if we use like Bruce Lee, Bruce mm -hmm. Lee is a very big example in my life because of the philosophy that he lived, how he was more of a philosopher and that physical aspect of his life became a, um, like a great representation to the point that it just continues to permeate in history. You know, his works continue to go on and we're still learning more about it now today. So if we use him as like an umbrella or um, a top view of someone who wasn't living for your example of him, nor was he expecting you to live for his example of you, he just did it for the best example then I want to say most of my teachers in school, because um, I was, I accelerated well in school. I um, tested out of grades. I didn't even have a middle school. I went to sixth grade and then I immediately went to ninth grade. So my ninth grade teacher, Miss um, Miss Miss Evans, she really taught me a lot. She taught me about learning from my mistakes and learning from my weaknesses. And even my elementary school, if we go back before that. Again, when I came here, I had these big lips, even bigger. My name was Howard, and Howard the Duck was a big thing. Right. Um, oh, with, an with an accent, <laughs> with an accent, being in Florida, Fort Lauderdale at the bottom, um, when a melting pot full of immigrants, um, everyone's got to find some way to survive. So if you got to get picked on so that overweight child doesn't get picked on, then guess what? Somebody's going to have to take the fall. So yeah. I became Howard the Duck and it really affected me to when I started learning that education was going to get me out of the space of being bullied. Mm -hmm. I got to one school and I changed my name to Tony mm -hmm. and Tony was my dad's name. And my, my teacher, Miss Calamaro, she asked me, my fifth grade teacher, again, someone who inspired me, she said, you're always going to find places in life, you know, hyperpolage, like what she kind of said, um, paraphrasing. She said, you're always going to find spaces in life where you're not comfortable. But if you don't learn to know who you are, then you're always going to be uncomfortable. So I said, well, I'm Tony. 
you know, and I'm fun and I'm a cool kid, mm. you know, and even though people might, um, make fun of me. So what, look at your feet, look at your face, look at your, and I became my own comedian in that way to kind of play it off. And so getting picked on, you didn't want to get picked on me because I was smart. So that means I was also witty. So right. then I turned back to my teacher and said, thank you for teaching me those things. You know, And so my teachers, another person, I uh, don't want to use his name um, or her and her name, but a group of family, um, they really took me in at a time when um, I needed family in my life. When the mother father balance wasn't in the inability of it wasn't enough. They saw that somehow and took me in. And I grew up with a friend that always felt like I was his big brother. But um, to me, we were just the same age brothers. Mm. And I needed that. I needed that. And so I'm very thankful for people just, I guess, seeing the things I couldn't say and allowing me to finding space for me and helping me and allowing me to grow. Mm. Um, the relationship I'm in now, the woman I'm with now, she's very opposite to me. And that becomes a balance that I couldn't ask for more than I did ask for. You know, when I intend on good things and I vibrate into that consciousness, then I, I expect that reality to manifest. So, and not in an expectation to ego, expectation to vibration. It's like, um, I don't, you can't see it. Worry but about I, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's colors, it, you know, it's chakras, it's vibration. If you're doing one thing, then you know it's going to, excuse me, you know certain things are going to come out of it. So if you do another thing, you, you know, certain things are going to come out of that too. So if you just work with that, then it is. So teachers, if I want to paraphrase, teachers really, really are my biggest teachers, my biggest uh, supporters or people that I look up to in life. Man. Uh, I'm, a, I'm like really... I, I don't want to say I'm passionate about, but it's true. So I'm, I'm passionate about getting people and I'm, I'm just going to say like people who do movement type things because I'm not trying to change the whole world, but I'm passionate about getting people to engage with each other more. I mean, if they want to engage with me, that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one of those people too. I'm, you know, but I can't engage with everybody. So I'm passionate about trying to get people to engage more. And you uh, are clearly someone who is, I'm going to say putting yourself out there. And I don't mean like, hey, look at me kind of putting yourself out there. But you, you, ex you express your thoughts. You share images and movements. And, and like <laughs> my, dad says I wear, my, my dad says I wear myself on my shoulders. Oh, that's a good phrase. Yeah. Um, and, and what I'm yeah. wondering is, so there are, are people like you who are able to do that. And then there are people who are sort of, I hate to say invisible, but they're, they're not, they're more wallflowers, you know, in the space of movement, they're wallflowers in, in, well, literally at dances, they're wallflowers in discussion. And I, my experience has been having talked to a lot of people, not, not, not just on mic, but in, you know, like somebody's party somewhere, I always wind up in a cool conversation off in the corner. And those people mm -hmm. who don't put themselves out there, they have just as many great things to say as people who do put themselves out there. So I'm wondering, this is a bit of a stretch and there is a question. I'm wondering <laughs> if you have any idea how we can encourage people who are, are like holding back or may not even realize they're holding back to, to put themselves out there more in, because you and I know that doing that helps you clarify your thinking. It helps you yeah. discover new ideas. And when I do that, the feedback I get is whether it's positive or negative, it's, it's useful. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on 
you know, coming from somebody who's got that skill or that ability, how do we encourage that in more people? And maybe first I should say, should we encourage that in people? I got you. I think for me, it was a learned skill. I was introverted in that way, feeling there was something wrong with me and then finding a way to be self-expressive mm. about it. So I think um, if a person wants to be that way, then one of the first things they can do is learn to get with the things that bring them the most joy. Because the more you get comfortable with getting involved with the things that express that, that allows you to come out more, then the more you can step into other spaces where you haven't learned how to do that yet. And then maybe you'll find the spaces that you want to do it in versus the space you don't want. So mm -hmm. back to your example, maybe in a party, this guy or girl doesn't want to share who they are. But if you sit down one-on-one -on -one with them, you find even more out. Mm -hmm. And it's the same person. They're just in a different environment. So it doesn't mean they didn't have the skill. It just, it, in that example, just means they weren't in the right space to express it easily. And you made an example earlier about you like to think of um, your tasks in life or your existence in life in different buildings, just like you have that. We are all in that way. And maybe through my example and your example, how we are better versions of ourselves now that they can learn that they can do it too in smaller spaces. Maybe they just want to do it for their family and it's better for them there versus like us who have the confidence maybe using ego to step forward with it in a positive way, confidence to talk this way so that they can find some resonance. My hands, I'm sorry. Find some resonance. too. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, I'm, I, I coach, right? And so when I'm teaching children, like even yesterday, uh, a friend of mine, Marquise and I, we were out training and four, four boys came up to us and they're all cousins and they saw us doing some movement and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you guys do parkour? I do parkour. I can do a backflip. And so randomly we created a class for them that we're meeting them Sunday at one o'clock to kind of introduce them again to the basics. My point being is like, um, you can tell the energy of all four of them. One was kind of open, one wasn't. And the one who did the backflip immediately doesn't even do parkour. He's too right. cool for that because right. he can do a backflip. <laughs> right, right. And the other <laughs> But, yeah. but I, I tell you, I tell you, Craig, by the end of the session that we created together, he was the most like willing to commit as much as the most humbled about it. Mm. And again, he was just in a different space. His hair was dyed. He's like 10 years old and he got Jordans on and baggy clothes. And I'm like, you know how much uh, confidence he might have to have every day and be 10 years old dressed like that? Again, yeah. he may not even want to be that confident. But his parents dressed him like that. Yeah. And so he has to represent. And, and so it's, it's, it's um, I think it's for every individual to find that space that allows them to be best expressive. And then hopefully it's of good intention, not hurting anybody because you can't go around smacking people because it feels good. Yes, it does. <laughs> Things to feel good sometimes you want to smack somebody, but you can't go around doing it. So you, you have to find the space for it. Yeah, so, find a healthy way to let vent yeah. that energy. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I always hate to say this part, but I want to be mindful of your time because we're coming up on about 45 <laughs> minutes. And I, I think the things yeah. you were saying there at the end are, I really agree with that. I think that's a good thing for people to think about. 
it's always tough because these we keep these to 45 minutes because it makes me and the person I'm talking with, it makes us stay focused. And I think it also keeps the commitment for people who want to watch down. Uh, and then I always like to say, this doesn't have to be the only one of these we do. We are allowed to talk on and off recordings in the future. Uh, I have been to Colorado multiple times, so I'm sure our paths will cross. Especially yes, you have. Yeah. I want to say I've seen you before, in all honesty, especially in the space of Apex, but I don't know. If it was, uh, I don't think I've ever been you ever- in Apex. I haven't no? actually okay, been in any okay. of their gyms. Yeah, I was only in. Well, I, see, here's what I'm thinking. Like, how long have you been in Colorado? Oh, this is going to be a tangent. I, I spent well consistently weeks. since 2014. But I've oh, you know what? It is completely possible that we like ran into each other. I was in Boulder for weeks at one point with a friend of mine okay. doing like the and grungy rock climbing thing. So yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. completely possible it's, that we, you it's know, possible. It's possible. <laughs> so cool. Um, all right. Well, let's call it there. It was a pleasure. Like I said in the beginning, it's a pleasure to finally yes. get a chance. I always love when you kind of know somebody and then you get a chance to talk to them and spend some time. with Yes. Them. Yeah. You put a face to a to a to a to an image maybe yeah and the persona and how people communicate and stuff and uh and i knew you were going to be a humble guy man i knew it (laughs) i knew it from how you how you (laughs) in your personal life your vlog life and your blog life and the things you you talk about i'm i'm behind that reading that too and i've um you know but i don't i don't know you so it's better to learn from you and and i want to again thank you and your team for creating this space it's very important for us to have the space to speak freely as much as movers and mindset is very important. I, um, I advocate for it all day and I yes, love that you again, clearly. um, do your best version of that too. Thank you. As I said before, thank you very thank much. You. So it's a pleasure talking to you, Howard, and I'll let you get on with your morning. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Craig. Have a great one. Bye.